healthcare. It happens here, and it finishes here. Two men enter, one man leaves. Nearly a two-word review just said, shit sandwich. I will roll the record up to the last minute. That right there is a lot of Welcome back to the basement, fellow music lovers. You are now tuned in to another exciting adventure with us here on Drinking Glasses, the podcast. The final adventure for 2017, the year that was. Yes, this is the year end special. You are here. We are here. We are in it together now, and uh, it's about to happen. Uh, thank you guys for, for tuning in all year. We made it this far. Um, you know, we spend a lot of the year sort of arguing about these records on and off mic and the whole point is uh a so we can hang out with each other uh to be quite honest and uh and by proxy hang out with you guys if you guys can hear us like you were down here uh hopefully that's how that works but uh by the time we get to this point i think all the arguing is done all the fighting is done this is uh we had a list reviewed somewhere close to 70 albums i think and uh had a little voting system set up and then from that we, we whittled it down a list of 25 which you're gonna see down there in the show notes and then we um and then uh, we went ahead and, and got from there uh, sort of scrutinized a little bit to get our top 10 albums of the year now uh, uh, Paul's a big fan of lists I'm ambivalent to lists but I think uh, excellence should be recognized for sure and uh, this list represents not necessarily what is the absolute best in the world I mean I think there's objectively you can measure it but I don't think anybody has the time to do that uh, but it, it is uh, what we found to be uh, a good collection of albums uh, by artists that we love uh, that sort of represents the year and starting from the bottom to the top uh, it, it's, it's a good little musical journey had our friends uh, Chris Naum and Joe Lappin over Joe Lappin from Songbird, Chris Naum from uh, Listen Local First and Funk Parade, and then uh, the whole crew had myself, Paul, Marcus, Eduardo, and Carrie. Uh, Mauricio Castro was down here for a little bit, and my lady even stopped in, and of course the cats hanging out, including new cat Sam. And uh, as we do, we got together, made a little food, uh, enjoyed our company, and then one last time this year got on the mics to, to talk it out. And that's what you're about to hear. Uh, so before we get started, because this is just split into two parts, it's going to be two long episodes, um, and I'm, I'm going to stay out of the way, really. This is the last time you're going to hear just me uh, this year, and uh, and so I want to make sure that uh, we do this right and thank everybody who has participated. First of all, who's come down in this basement. Uh, that is besides the names I just mentioned, Mr. Casey Ray. Uh, some of the best times of this year were spent down here with him, Marcus Dowling. Also, Mr. Michael Kentoff of the Carib Caribbean, or Caribbean, however you want to say it. Uh, it was a pleasure getting to know him. He comes down here. Ian Taranji, lucky so-and-so's, uh, busy with a new baby and out uh, saving people from ice, <laughs> essentially doing the good work. Uh, and then uh, Timothy Ann Burnside and her mom, 
coming down to talk about uh, things like Tom Petty or Timothy by herself talk about Janet Jackson, which was honestly that was my favorite episode that we did this year, the Janet Jackson episode. If you haven't gone back and listened to it, uh, first of all, that album is possibly the most relevant album of 2017, even though it was made back in the 80s. But uh, it was just a good ass time um, getting together with her and Marcus to to I guess reintroduce it to people who maybe forgot about it and. The feedback we got on that was essentially uh, exactly what we had hoped. And the only thing we really hope when we do these podcasts is that people gave it a listen and remembered uh, how good it is, remembered parts of their lives that you know they were experiencing that, and uh, and it spread a little joy, I think. So, so that was amazing. That was fun. Um, and then uh, some people didn't get to spend as much time down here as we would have hoped uh, Miss Sarah Godfrey uh, we missed you Sarah I know you just got a house but you come back down and hang out now that all that's done uh, she's amazing we met Sarah Godfrey uh, thanks to our good friend Mr. Marcus J. Moore uh, editor of Bandcamp senior editor of Bandcamp and uh, I said this last year I said this this year you know he's he's been super busy he's got a bunch of projects going on not just Bandcamp but uh you know, having him down here and knowing him as a friend has helped elevate not just me, but all of our, uh, all of our work. Uh, and, uh, so I just want to thank him for that before we get started, even though he's not down here. And, uh, hopefully you'll hear from him a few times next year. Me, me group. It's always a good time to get him down here and just hang out. But without further ado, now that thanks are out of the way. Um, oh, and one last thing. Thank you to you guys. We don't um, look. There are sixty thousand downloads this year. I don't know what that number is. If if one of you guys is a social media person or a metrics person, maybe you can help us out with that. Uh, I have no context for it because we do this out of love, and I understand it's a big number. But what does that mean in today's economy? What does that is that good? Is it bad? Is it like haha? You know, we get that in one week, you suckers. I I don't know, uh, and I don't care. But uh, that having been said. 60,000 times you people downloaded an hour to two hour conversation with us about music and it, and that gives at the very least gives us hope that uh, you know music isn't dead rock and roll isn't dead soul country all that stuff is not dead uh, and uh, it's not going away no matter what happens whether you're in the streaming wars or the copyright wars it's not you know this is part of us as human beings and we will always have it, and we will always do it, and we will always make music, listen to it, consume it, and in our case, talk about it. Uh, so thanks to you guys. Now, now, really, with that out of the way, uh, let's head on down to the basement uh, one last time for uh, part one of our year-end special. And then uh, immediately, they're going to go up at the same time, kids. So as soon as you get to that, hit part two, and then uh, we'll be out of there. Thank you guys for a great 2017. We will see you again in... 2018. Talk to you soon. Where's Andre? Andre! He's eating. He's on tour. We're not being (laughs) (laughs) too. Where's the Google Play? Somebody somebody play a bit of like, uh, of, uh, Sugary or eyes of the world, <laughs> so we can get Andre down here, and that'll be fucking <laughs> Jesus Christ.
Great. All right, he's going to make it down here eventually. <laughs> you guys ready to knock this shit out? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, full disclosure before we start. Shouldn't have, shouldn't have <laughs> just burn this through. But full disclosure before we start this out, I am rocking a uh, DC Brow Corruption and a glass of scotch. Because we did this the old-fashioned way this year, we fucking earned it. Yes. <laughs> yes. This, basement, this basement has been destroyed, literally, oh. after, after that was at 300 episodes. It was yeah. at yep. that stopping point. Yep. 300 episodes, the basement was destroyed. It left us in a weird place of, like, what are we doing with our lives, which is still now the case, but at least we can talk on a mic that nobody yes. listens to. Right? So we're good. We're good. You, oh, hide, that's, you that's, hydrated that's your basement, and now you're hydrating yourself. Listen. Come from the private stash? I didn't see that. You want some? Like, just go upstairs. Like, it's, okay, it's up there? yeah, it's all up there. It's all happening upstairs. No, no, no. It's right. It's, so it's to the left of the vinyl. Okay. Everything's it. in a push button, much by, like by, the Prozac. The way, you just push a button and shit just pops out. By, by the way, the, the voice you heard was was uh, Joe Lappin of Songbird and his mustache. Have you named it yet? It doesn't, doesn't rise to that level, man. I, I, I think it does. It seems to be more to people in this room. To me, so. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, also sitting back there, it's Chris Nam. Uh, listen, looking first and uh, Funk Parade. First time in the basement. How you feeling? How you Welcome. feeling? You good? Yeah. All right. Doing great. All right. No, no mustache, but a badass uh, cat Wait. Christmas sweater. I mean, there's a there's a mustache that's part of a larger facial hair scheme. It's not yeah. a standalone mustache. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> Jesus. It's like the scaffolding kind of clear, for the rest of your facial hair. Technically, uh, people with beards have mustaches too. But. That is that is said, Wardo there, Sad man of many Wardo. opinions, and the greatest hot take this year: the lone pono sitting in the east wing of the White House. That is yes, that's, that's our future. Uh, Mr. Marcus Dowling, hello, hello, brother. Hello, How hey, you doing, brother. Uh, Paul? You're over there. Don't lean in. Just fucking keep your bad opinions over there. Terry, <laughs> <laughs> uh, glad you could make it. Thank you. Beat you. the baseball traffic. Yes, I have. Well, I have no um, facial hair to speak of. No. Nope. Um, feeling kind of left out. The couch over there has got a bunch of aspirational beards on it. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Uh, hanging out also, uh, Michael, our, our neighbor in Brooklyn. Mr. Zwern, uh, one of your albums that uh, you reviewed made our top 25. How about that? Ta-da! And uh, Mr. Mauricio Castro, which you're going to hear from a little later. So. Man about Maybe. town, Mauricio. Who? No, you are. You I'm are. here for the food, but... That's true, that's true. And the Sam uh, portraits, which will be <laughs> available for the low, low price of 500 bucks. I only get a 2% commission. It's fine. And on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, so. uh, well, where it's free. <laughs> <laughs> sad, sad Instagram. No, uh, we're here at the end of the year. We, had re- we reviewed... At all said and done, I think it was about 72 albums. Yeah. Uh, and I think Marcus was on every single episode. I think that's, that's, that's not true. That's not true. Marcus single-handedly well, reviewed well, 68 of those 72. To, to, that, to that point, Marcus, like you mm-hmm. actually, because back in the day when you started coming down here, you were like, maybe I'll, maybe I'll do it once in a while, once I do it. But you really like just threw yourself into it this year. And, yeah. and part of it was, I think, because you had the same malaise that I did about what the fuck is going on with music criticism. And why and, and and the only way out of it for me and I think for you was to be like, well, let's just have fun. Yeah, like because I, I I grew exhausted of attempting to like be a journalist this year. Yeah, because it, it's 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 not easy anymore. Like the the opinions don't matter in a lot of cases because again, this was the year of the narrative, and this gets into like a big conversation about 2017. This was the year of the narrative, where if you didn't have a narrative before you put out your record, your record didn't matter. Mm-hmm. So I don't believe in narratives. I create my own narrative because I'm mm-hmm. a writer, and that's what writers do. And when it became obvious to me that my opinions didn't matter so much in the 
industry anymore because I don't care about your narrative. Then I'm like, well, where's the place that my narrative actually, where, where the narrative doesn't matter? And mm-hmm. then that's where Kevin. In this basement where everything being, is dumb. Right. Yeah. Where Kevin and being my brother, <laughs> I could commiserate with Kevin every day. And we began to realize that this narrative thing was, was happening. Because yeah. at, first, at first you thought that I was full of shit. When I said, "Oh, I still think that, brother." I appreciate <laughs> it. Thank you. That's but just like, part of your narrative, which just... he ignores because we're in the basement. <laughs> yeah. It's all circular. But anyway, so I began, I began to realize that this narrative thing was happening. I told I told Kevin about yeah. it, and Kevin was like, "That's not true." And then eventually, at some point in the middle right. of the yeah, year, yeah. he kind of like realized, "Oh my god!" I was like, "Wow, it's all narrative. <laughs> like, there's there's no journalism getting done. It's all narrative." Yeah, it's- and 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 it's, and there's this other thing. It's like, and I and I don't care to out, out these people out, but it will. Like, it, it got to be a point with Pitchfork where I started to realize, like, okay, so there's like twelve people that review all the records, mm-hmm. and every record comes out, and there's only twenty four hours in a day, and eight of which you may be sleeping. Which leaves sixteen of which that you're living, and eight of which you're working, and in those other eight hours, you can't listen to all the music. So at some point, the criticism gets watered down because you listen to you have people that are being guided by the narrative and only skimming the music. And if you look at our They're getting paid by the word, right? Of course, right. Which is which makes things comically absurd. And so when you look at the records that we're going to talk about today, mm-hmm. by comparison to like say. The lists that are going to start coming out in the next couple of weeks, there'll be vast differences, and that's important. Well, and a little overlap, though. Yeah, a little, a little, but, and that's, but not much. Not much. I mean, the, but, the, the there, there are some start, undeniable records this year. The lists sure. have already started coming out, and there's very little overlap. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and and that's because so much of the industry is guided by the fact that there's oversaturation happening, and we're also kind of like coming if if you've been following this like I have for like the last ten years. You're coming back around again to the beginning of the curve, where we're back in 2007, 2008, where invention for the sake of invention means that it's good. And something just being good doesn't actually matter. Unless you're already an established artist doing something good, then it's astounding. Yeah. And like, you know, like the LCD sound system record, for instance. Yep. You know, which, not on our list. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. But on other people's lists. Yeah. In top five. Yeah. (laughs) What's up? Yeah, I mean that's the thing. But we're we'll coming, get to you, but right, we've come all the way back around. Like there's not there's not much of a difference from James Murphy in 2007 as compared to James Murphy in 2017. Right. right. And that's. Right. But, but but also <laughs> what you're talking about is, is yeah. something that we we've realized in these past. I think the few the past week of episode or week month or so of episodes that we've been taping and stuff as we wind this down is figuring out like why we even talk about this stuff and what, how we, how we interpret music and how we enjoy it. What's the point. And you know, this whole podcast started out as, as Paul can attest, it was basically like arguing about sports, but music. Right. Mm -hmm. And we would get drunk and fight about it. And, and so one of those two things is not necessarily happening that much anymore. (laughs) And, uh, and and but what we realize is that it, you know this is at least what I've realized. Uh, I don't want to speak for all you guys. Is that in a year that we needed something to uh, something to, an anchor to like hold on to something something just to like keep us from falling into some weird existential void. Uh, music provided a thing, and and it was how we interpreted it, how we enjoyed it. And so, like, a lot of – personally, and you'll see from this list, a lot of my barriers went down to be like, oh, that's bullshit. 
turn into, you know what? That's that's pleasing as hell, and I need that right now. Mm-hmm. And and recontextualize music to where it's not a competition. And and people say that bands say that it's not a competition. You do have to compete in the marketplace, I believe. But at the end of the day, it's it's if somebody all you need is somebody to like your art. Yeah. So what you're saying, Kevin, is that you've gone soft as hell. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. <laughs> I, I Just, also yeah. also I will say this is the first year I've been like fully medicated. All right. There so, you go. No shit. No, right. no this yeah. is a real thing because you yeah. know we've also talked about depression on this podcast mm-hmm. and for anxiety and depression I chose to like be medicated this year and and essentially I spent a lot of the year high as fuck. <laughs> and I will cop to that. But also, that, but that, also still with us. Thank God. Yes, you yes, know? exactly. And it's been a shit year. There was never any threat of that, but yeah, yeah. But I mean it uh I'm happy and with you. So yeah. Uh, and and so that may have colored things, or it may have just like leveled me off to a place where you don't have to be necessarily the biggest curmudgeon, and you don't have to like the the standards that I think we all hold them to. You, Paul, especially, we've had a lot of conversations about this that we all hold this to. Maybe are I mean, it some of it is for our own edification, but sometimes if you let that down and you just sort of let it in, it's like it's cool, and and that's how we got to our list. I think uh, which it, which we all don't know about. So just for the listeners, you don't know. No. We don't only only Kevin really knows who's on the list. It is, yeah, really it is, so it is kinda... filled with bops. Yeah, yes, it is. Uh, but 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 let me read off a little bit bit this because uh, we're just going to be really diving in the top ten on this episode. But uh, we're publishing a top twenty five that'll be in the post, and we did include uh, reissues, live albums, uh, all these things because it came out. It was a thing. Like it happened. This is a part of the music of 2017, and that's what we want to do. So coming in at 25, we had Big Star's Third Live, hmm. which if you haven't heard it, it's amazing. At 24, low for me, but it's in there. Uh, what Now, Sylvanesso. Uh, Sanford Process at 23. Kendrick Lamar's Dam is still hanging on, but he's in there at 22. Uh, Life Without Sound, uh, Cloud Nothings is in there. I know that's one of your favorites, Paul. Uh, Gothic Tropic, Faster Feast. That actually yeah. rose up real quick. That was an alternate. Wow. Okay. Uh, so, so to yeah. give you an insight into our voting process, we had uh, everybody voted on the albums that we were the we reviewed, and then were able to throw one more in. Sadly, St. Vincent didn't make it, Paul. How? <laughs> yeah, you How, Sway? Ma- mass education. It's about uh, school policy, Ma- right? Mass seduction, <laughs> sir. I know, I know. Jeez, yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, after that, Shade, Living Collar. Uh, yeah, wow. which yeah, uh, number eighteen, Foxygen's Hang, take that, Marcus Moore. It's out in the world. It exists. Uh, Allison Crutchfield's Tourist in this town, which we all quite nice like. little record. Yeah, yeah that's mm-hmm. at number seventeen. Uh, an album that we didn't review, but I put on there because we all listened to uh, XI, Colin mm. Stetson's Metal Project. Yeah, which yeah. was fucking fantastic at seventeen um, or at sixteen. Run the Jewels three. It's the first album we did this year. It was yeah. the first album out. It was the first yeah. album in the gate. Uh, that came in at number 15, Cornell 5877. Woo! Yeehaw. At number 14. If yeah. you, and, Coming and, home. And here's why I'm glad it's on that list, because what the dead have been doing, and we, you and me and Andre, who is still like in the wormhole somewhere right now. Uh, what, <laughs> it's in a pork-fueled pork wormhole. Yeah. <laughs> we just got to open up a breach to his dimension. <laughs> we, we, we talked about those releases for at least four hours. Oh yeah. The only longer thing we did this year was the interview with App. Yep. And uh and and we did it because they were important because it it really like recontextualized or brought to the for people who had never listened to the dead 
Like this is this was the opportunity because you can throw a dead show in front of any non fan and they'll be like, Yeah, okay, this is nice and stuff. But if you throw Cornell, mm-hmm. Chris, you can attest. If you throw Cornell, you 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 understand. I even gave it to Moore, and, I, and he never responded, but he also didn't respond. So I don't, yeah, you know. right. I mean, I listen <laughs> to it. I'll you tell you that it. it's, yeah, it's you, a, you, like you you understand how much you of added a layer of depth that band was. You added a layer of depth to my understanding of Grateful Dead as like musicians. Yeah, yeah. musicianship on that album is fantastic. Yeah. And, and uh, and we got to talk about Buffalo too, which is five nine, which like is sort of like the dark horse, yeah. Right, it's sort of which like it's, all, it's always been the, the whole yeah, set was yeah, like right. Kitchen Light, right? It's not it's not been released as a standalone, <laughs> okay, but it's in. Yes, correct. You have yeah. to buy the whole set. Yeah. So. Um, above that, uh, I think uh, it's one of two local bands on our list uh, that we all voted on, and sadly is not longer no longer a band. The L Man Stories, the L Man Stories, lovely, lovely that little album, album they put. Yeah. Fuck, it was yep. beginning of the year. It stuck. It we I put it on the other day. I put it on weekly. It's fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. And dude, there's just no more. Mm-hmm. It happens. Yeah. So it goes. Uh, at number twelve, our brother Mr. Miles Mosley. Yeehaw. Uprising. Yeah. Yes. He did not. He did Check not. Check out that vocal performance on that album too. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. We can't. We can't. We can't, we can't, we can't relitigate Mosley's vote. Well, so we, we, because we, we because we'll, we'll get in trouble with his management. Not here with but. Shout out to the good brother, that. Ian Taranji. Yeah. <laughs> I love you, Ian. Uh, but yeah, that, that's a straight shot of funk that, uh, and in fact, like, I, I had heard it, but it was you, Eduardo, that really, like, dude, it's, it's, we, we it's have easily, to do this. It's the easily opening... my most played album of the year. And, like, and it resulted in you and me sitting down with him yeah, and yeah. making a friend. At, at, at Joe's shop. At Joe's shop. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, got yeah. you, man. We played got a, you. Played it. Played a kick-ass show at Songbird yeah. with some unreleased material, and yeah. we got to talk about some of the stuff that's still in the vault from that him and was Kamasi. An and... Absolutely amazing show. Yeah, yep. it was ridiculous. Like I'll, I'll say this about that record: the opening track to that album. Like I, I love black exploitation movies, and if you ever needed, <laughs> exactly. if you ever needed one song in 2017 that would make you feel like you're in 1974, like literally, it's the opening of Miles Moses' album. It's phenomenal. Yeah. All right, I'll listen to it. <laughs> Mauricio, Mauricio's on the hook now. Just coming in at another, number 11, just almost squeaked in an album that we all love uh, because we all love serious, not serious metal. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Reflections of a Floating World by Elder. Oh, Elder. Yeah. So fun. That yeah. album is another one that it, it just sort of, you just reach for it and you're like, all right. Let's do this. When are we going to get those guys down here? Because they don't play America too right. much. They don't so. tour. They don't tour. But they're from America. like Pittsburgh or something. Yeah. So yeah. right, they're not soon. You know what we All should right. do? So I'm looking at the Dark Scorch game over there. This is an open <laughs> invitation, Elder. If you are listening, come down to my basement. We'll cook you the food. Yeah, just cooked everybody food. Who's going to Who's going to bring the acid though? We will not identify who just said that, but so, so that that out of the way, that that's number uh, twenty five through number eleven, and which brings us to our our ten best albums of the year. Now, I, I will say about this list, uh, I think uh, there are a couple of things on here that are obvious. There are some things that might not be so obvious, uh, but I think it does reflect not just how we felt about music, but uh, and I'm not just saying this because it's our list. I think it reflects like the breadth of where music went this year mm-hmm. outside of the pop sphere. Uh, some of it isn't popular. Some of it is. Some of it people have really divisive opinions. 
uh, and some of it is just pure butter. Uh, but we're starting with one of the ones that I think is pure butter. And, and so, Water, why don't you tell some people about some Sam Outlaw? Uh, yeah, so Sam Outlaw put out this album, Tenderheart, this year that I think Kevin, Marcus, and I were on the, were on the panel for. It was and, a country uh, cast. Country yeah, cast. that's right. The standing, <laughs> the standing country panel, because that was the only music that was worth a damn this year, apparently. Um, but, uh, but, but I mean, I think importantly about this record, you know, we, th- we, we threw some shade at it at the time because I don't think we realized quite how much of a grower it was going to be. Yeah. And it, and it really had this like weird staying power. Um, Sam Outlaw had been uh, in advertising and had had sort of a, a normal, you know, kind of uh, successful career, I guess, and decided to to uh, try his hand at being a musician. So he put out um, Angelino a couple years ago, and then uh, we got Tenderheart Produced this by year Ry Cooter. by Ry Cooter. Um, and uh, Tenderheart was just a lovely little, you know, when you think about the way um, you think about songwriting. And I think one of the the challenges is like how to how to be kind in how you write songs without yeah. um, and, and you know, how not to sneer at, at your subject and um, and how to just write something that's that's thoughtful and, and respectful and humane. And I think that's that's the thing that keeps coming back to me about this record is just how how full of like kind little moments it is and. There's a couple of really standout songs. Um, Everyone's looking for home. Uh, the opening track, "Bottomless Mimosas," which is probably one of the greatest songs. Uh, it, it and "Drinking uh, Problems" from Midlane, yeah, are, are yes. like tied for the two best songs of the year. Yeah, but. "Bottomless Mimosas" is an is an yeah. absolutely ace song. Um, we're not going to be playing that because I actually thought the song um, that closes the album, "Look at You Now," is is maybe a, a better song to close out 2017 on because. If you're if if you have to hear the message that uh, God isn't on your side, you only think He is. Then uh, this is probably the most gentle way to get that to get that. <laughs> yeah, so, fair. Yeah. yeah. So uh, here's is off Sam Outlaw's Tenderheart, our number ten album. Uh, look at you now. Pieces off the ground Look at you now Your torn up jeans Look at you now With those torn out seams Can you tie up All those strands undone God isn't really on your side You just think he is You can try to run But you can't hide From those things you do Look at you now You should have done Try to run, but you can't hide from those 
Was it, I, was I it, don't know, wait, man. Was it Songbird? Songbird. And, and you know who the dumb motherfucker who didn't go to the show was? <laughs> Me. <laughs> because I hadn't heard the album yet. I remember this. And and I was like, oh, okay, this might be interesting. And, the, and because, like, I have a real job, it's hard for me sometimes to get out. And I, I was just like, not no, you have a real job, <laughs> and you run a place, so like, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> <No. laughs> it, it, it almost sounds like what Kevin's saying is that Songbird's the place you go to hear the stuff you're gonna love a couple months from now. Oh, yes. all right, That's, nice plug. Nice, there it nice, is. Nice save. Thanks, uh, sir. I'll settle down. I'll settle down. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Scott, sir. Mosley. Come on. Yeah, you did. You did. Uh, and, and but but I literally listened to that. The day after the show, and then I walked around the house going, "What the? F- I need to get out the shows." I that, remember. This was actually I remember the, this the conversation. Catalyst. This is actually the catalyst because I was like, "I love this album," and Joe just had him at his place, and I didn't fucking go. And what the fuck is wrong with me? And what am I doing? Uh, I blame it on Trump, is what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm living my life <laughs> was, wrong. Was this the when you said like we should be supporting? There was a whole dialogue that you guys had on your podcast where we should be supporting music and not going, or maybe it was a Facebook. You went mm. on this long thing about supporting music, and like even if you're not going out or like getting out to more shows. Yeah, I had a ticket to it. I had a ticket to it. I just was like, I got home and like the cats were there, and like the lady got home. I was like, oh, there you go. old. That's what happens when you get 45. Um, that's Sam Outlaw. Uh, that's what you guys are looking forward to. Not you, Carrie. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I'm going to punch you in your old bald head. I would like to, I, I know that Paul did a really lovely save there, but I was actually going to throw something in. Uh, Joe, I don't know you and I've never met you. Um, I have been to Songbird multiple times. And I would just like to say to all of our listeners, if you're just like bored on like any fucking night and you don't know what else to do, go to Songbird because I've never seen a bad show there. I've been mm-hmm. there probably 22 yeah. times and the sound is fantastic. Even if it's something I've never just even heard and, of before, and they're just fantastic. That that drink, what is it? Red wine, Coke. And, oh uh, shit. Don't, don't even, <laughs> don't even start. There's also, if you get super drunk, you can I'm go saying down the your street. bartender got us really You're, fucking drunk. Uh, <laughs> you can, you can go down the street to the diner and have like a really nice breakfast and yeah. walk it off. I'm glad I came then. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I've never met you. Nice work, dude. Yeah, <laughs> nice work, dude. Uh, so Sam Outlaw is our number 10. Uh, if you haven't heard it, check it out. And I and if you are adverse, if you're listening to this and think we're – first of all, if you're listening to this and think we're an indie podcast, we are not. We were not talking about – we're talking about music, period, like the whole thing. Yeah. But, uh, Even Taylor Swift. Yeah. And, but 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 if, if you – Pre-sale window emails go out tonight. So for everyone, everyone who has boosts, I have five boosts by the end of it. That's all I got. So I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Um, you, but but if if you uh, – <laughs> Jesus. Way to re- – <laughs> I had a point. Now you just fucking ruined Hashtag it. Trump pop. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's where we are. There you go. Uh, but, you know, one thing, if, you, if you've been listening to us all year and, and been wondering about country, there's good stuff out there. And, uh, and, and you know, dip your toe. And you don't have to I, – I just said this off mic to Paul. You don't have to like a whole album. That's actually not how country works. Country works the way 80s music used to work. There'd be two or three good songs that were amazing, and the rest of the album sucks ass. Let me and, 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 and let me also say, if you're not sure if you like country, most of the country reviews we do are Kevin, Marcus, and me. 
So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. so, so you've got you've got the DC native from Deanwood, the, yes. the esteemed gentleman from Deanwood. Yeah. Yep. You've got a Brazilian, and yeah. you've got Kevin yeah. <laughs> reviewing reviewing American countries. So right. that's yeah. So that says everything. Number nine, uh, despite his statements uh, that he did not make soul music, Mr. Moses Sumney. Now I have a little history with. Uh, this type, this music. First of all, shout out to Marcus Moore for introducing me yes. to that. Uh, he put out a few EPs a couple years ago, and uh, they were amazing. Like it, what is undeniable about Mister Something is his voice. Uh, he finally got off his ass and made an entire album. It's called Aromanticism. Uh, it is obviously it's number nine. It's one of the best albums of the year. Uh, but it, it's an album, and we reviewed it. But to go over that again, we it trades in. In equal parts soul and equal parts Radiohead, like any good weird black kid growing yes. up would do, because what uh, what we find is people say in my generation who are who are walled off from that in the younger generation are not. So it's fine to pick up a NWA record and then a Radiohead record exactly. in, your same, in your same shopping trip, and uh, and this is sort of the result. Uh, he he put out an interview on NPR. He said this that he really doesn't know music. He doesn't even know chords, and he's really rallying. And and I love you, Bree, but you should have spiked that interview because <laughs> because you uh, you know he said he, he, this fight against soul music. Uh, this is one of the most vital soul musicians practicing today. I think. Yes, and and the sooner he owns it, the the better his career is going to uh, sort of sit in in the career of soul legends. I think I'll I'll say uh, can I jump in real yeah, quick? Yeah, have a second. Um. This album, Moses Sumney's voice is an eight. I gave this album a four <laughs> because, <laughs> like, you can't be. You're the perfect person to introduce it because you can't. You can't be a great. This is this is gonna. This uh, I'll, I'll I'll put this in terms of black and white because it's necessary. You can't be a great black artist and say that you don't make soul music Mm-mm. in 2017. You just can't. Like you can't walk down the street as a black, as a person with, you know, a person with hypermelanated skin and not live and be aware and cognizant and be cognizant of your blackness and then not say that you make soul music because that is the music that is defined by your hypermelanated condition. And that's kind of the, the, the truth of it. And there's something about youth and music that's important that we discovered this year about a lot of the young black men and women who made music this year Mm -hmm. in the sense that they don't know this because it is a fascinating thing for me that I learned is that these are just good and bad, right? right? It's good and bad. But the, the, the bad of it is that these are kids who grew up and it's, it may be, it may, depending on your, your take on it, it's a thing. Um, They grew up in an era where race was not at the forefront right. Right. of the conversation it, in regards to their own cultural awareness of America. The response and his response for me directly hints at uh, the post-racial era we thought we were yes. in. Yes. But we're not there. Right. Right? And it, so uh, – and I think the way we get there is to, like, reinforce that, like, these cultures have values. Yeah. Well, well, Don't erase well po- post-racial only works if, if everyone is post-racial, right? <laughs> all, yeah, it ta- yeah, all it exactly. takes is like exactly. 30 non-post-racial idiots to yeah. make it so that we're not post-racial. Right. That's the same so. way a Bonnie Vera album works. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Boom. True. So, but, uh, sorry, Mauricio. I would say Bonnie Vera is not post-racial. Huh? <laughs> I would say but, but Bonnie Vera is definitely not post-racial. But, 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 but Bonnie Vera is a black friend named Kanye West. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, you know. 
Yeah. That 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 album was is it still classified as hip hop? The Bunny Bear one? Oh, yeah. oh it's twenty two a million. Does does like iTunes call it hip hop? Do you know? Who's calling it hip hop? Apple I think Music. I think, I think Apple Music classified as hip hop. Yeah, it was classified as hip hop. What's iTunes? I I don't know what iTunes. Is. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, he's he just blacked out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, at, at any rate, uh, but but regardless of the politics around like his responses, his interviews and whatnot. Uh, he did make one of the best albums of the year. Are you going to play the actual soul record off of this? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah I, I am. And, and it's amazing. And, and an album that deals with uh, living in an age where people don't quite know what romance is about, uh, hookup culture, if you will, or abstinence culture or whatever, uh, this song stands out. Uh, this is Make Out of My Car. Make it on my car from Moses on the Aeromanticism, the our ninth best album of the year. Right now, I'm going to turn it over to uh, Miss Carrie to talk about <laughs> talk about some lady panties. <laughs> I already guarantee and, I would not and, be talking about and, any throwing and of any lady I'm, panties. I'm going to shift the mic around to my friend Paul so you guys can talk <laughs> so about this. So we can battle this. it out. <laughs> uh, Carrie, tell us a little bit about Father John Misty. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Right. I'm in for this. Uh, I... There is no end for this. It's you either like it or you don't. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> That's the new tagline for I the f- podcast. Who cares? So, um, Father John Misty uh, came out with an, a new album this year called Pure Comedy. Um, I feel like there is an entire industry based around just hating Father John Misty. <laughs> And it um, kind of culminates, that <laughs> <laughs> and the CEO of that industry is sitting across from me, Chunky Paul. 
Um, but the uh, it, it's really interesting to see every time he comes out with something, there are all of these um, reviews that come out that are just torturedly writing about how much they hate him. He's so obnoxious. He's so awful. His orchestrations are so beautiful and his melodies are so lush. But he's such an asshole. This album is 6.8. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> There is, there is no new, it's a fact that there is no new piece of information about Father John Misty that will make you hate him any less. Like every every yeah. new fact you learn about him, you're like mother. Oh, he microdoses too, motherfucker! Like I hate him even more now, right? Like there's nothing that can make me love you or hate you more or less. Um, this this basement is filled with people who either have a love hate relationship with uh, Joshua Tillman or a hate hate relationship. There's nobody that has a love love relationship because he is just. He's unmitigatingly awful, but... Is there anybody in America who has that love-level relationship? <laughs> I, I don't even know that his... Josh wife, Tillman does, yeah. I don't even I'm think his... Just a quick non-songbird-related anecdote. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Do you have one? Joe, step up to the mic. Come on. Get up. Get up. Get up. Get up. Get up. No, it's not. It's, just, it's so short. It's not, And it doesn't start with guess who booked him. My sister went to homecoming with Josh Tillman. Holy shit. You're from Silver Spring. Well, um, Rockville. Yeah. Actually, our RMHS class of '95. Yeah. So, okay. Go Rockets. He, I guess DMV <laughs> music can claim him to an extent because he grew up. Yeah. Uh, and I think it was like either 10th or 11th grade. Nice. So, and apparently he was a respectful and nice homecoming date. So there you that's go. Amazing. Okay. The four Fleet Foxes ruined him. <laughs> oh, that, that's that's who we're blaming for this. <laughs> Like, and you just stole my scotch, yeah. <laughs> I gave it right back. I just didn't want it spilling on the couch because I'm the sole female down here and I'm tidy. Um, <laughs> um, so this album is actually, uh, it, it's ironic that I like it. If you've ever heard anything I've reviewed before because I usually spend about half my reviews bitching about lyrics and the other half bitching about bullshit. And this is nothing but bad lyrics and bullshit. But my God, this album is still just absolutely amazing and i'm kind of looking at paul because the other irony of this is that there's nobody i would rather agree with than you and there's nobody i'd rather disagree with than kevin however (laughs) (laughs) kevin and i agree on this so much and we both think that you are a hundred percent wrong on this album and he just there there's something about this album that despite all of its errors and flaws and just sheer dross it's like the man is singing like smoochy oh god smoochy no smoochy can go to hell <laughs> yeah yep 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 okay Betty, I'm Betty to as a verb Betty okay if you guys if you guys want to go through every single no, song no, we're not gonna we, but we i will tell you this. we litigated we, this before we, we litigated we, we, we could litigate it again for another hour but the album as a whole is absolutely lovely and stunning and it's just like pours into your ear like a tuning fork and i cannot explain it i do not understand why i continue to love this man and why i love this album as much as i do paul go ahead and mansplain to me why i'm no, wrong I, oh <laughs> actually, no, actually you're 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 you no, 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 wait 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 wait, wait 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 <laughs> here's what i'm gonna say oh. <laughs> <laughs> what i'm gonna say is you disagreeing with yeah. me is not mansplaining. You disagreeing is just having a different opinion. Okay, well, so let's you. take a step back. Th- thank you for woman-splaining disagreements to me. <laughs> I, felt, I felt like you needed it. Let me, let, me, let me hop in and tell people that for, 
for people in the room who, for people who are listening to this, who may have never listened to Father John Misty Day in their life, and you know, you, 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 this is like one of those albums that came out this year that there was a lot of hubbub. You know, just a general like, oh, it's it's the album where we're gonna get angsty and angry and excited and sad or whatever. Like, if there's a really terrible album that you want to listen to this year, this is actually the one you should listen to. Like, there's a lot of bad music that came out this year. Like, we covered a lot of it. And, um, you know, like Taylor Swift, Chainsmokers, all that stuff. And if you're going to, like... You guys going to relitigate Chainsmokers too? Nope. Yeah. Nope. What's up? Go ahead. Okay, so I was going to say... Continue Dowling-splaining this. I, I am. You get what I am. Which is a whole, it's a whole verb that has existed this year. Yep. Um, it's, it's the one, to me, like, of, of the bad music that came out this year. Like, this is the one where you're like, okay, I can give this a pass. Because it's really like, just this sonically, it's just, it just strikes you and just, it, it just makes you feel good. I agree. Uh, Do we not get, yeah, no, no, let's, look, get, I'm let's not, get the minority report from Paul. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to get into it much here because this is a top 10. We're supposed, we're, you know, yeah, yeah. we're supposed to be saying good things right, right. here. Josh told me can take it though. Yeah, I, <laughs> just believe me, I'm sure he can, even if he were to ever listen to this. Though I think he might listen to every piece of criticism he ever gets. Oh, yeah. he, oh he does. Um, if his name is mentioned, he's listening. Yeah. So anyway, my, my big problem with him is not that he's an asshole. It's that he won't own that he's an asshole. He tries to give himself an out constantly i mean leaving la is a song about giving himself an out for yeah. being an asshole yeah, yeah, yeah. and then the rest of his songs sound like you know if i wanted to, to hear a sixth year senior explain to me their latest philosophy class i would have stayed in a college town like i can smell the clove smoke from that first track <laughs> as soon as it comes on they're beaties man it's not clothes <laughs> well that all that having been said paul i think this, this song is uh, it, this is the, the the soundtrack of the wasteland. You and I, so and Paul, so let, me, let me pour you some Boone's Farm, and you should just <laughs> step back and enjoy. I'm gonna play the track. Uh, things that would have been helpful to know before the revolution. It got too hot, and so we overthrew the system. Is there's no place for human existence like right here? This bright blue marble Orbited by trash Man, there's no big bad There's no big thing To give up the way of life we have oh, oh. My social life is now quite a bit less hectic The nightlife and the protests are pretty scarce Now mostly spend the long days Walking through the city Empty as a tomb Sometimes I miss the top of the food chain
So, so we can so we can get moving through. But but Chris, actually, <laughs> Carrie, turn that mic around a little bit because I want to get I want to get your take on something you said off mic when we were talking about. Oh so, boy! So, so, no, no, this isn't a confrontation. So, so slide this over so Chris can. You so, always say it's not a confrontation, and it's a confrontation. No, 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 no. no. So Chris, Chris, oh, you, like you got to get it sort of in your face. You got it. Let me hear you. Let me hear yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, Chris, hey. down from uh, listen to the first and the Funk Parade. Uh, that, that was things that would have would have been useful to know in the revolution. Father John Misty's pure comedy, and uh, we were talking upstairs before this while we were eating and stuff about the purpose of music. And this is something we talk about a lot on this podcast. And uh, for you, just that aesthetic doesn't work. So what about it like doesn't work? Because I, I I think that's okay. Like because you don't have to like it. Like you just don't have to like it. But but what about that stuff? Like, isn't working for you as a music fan? That that song. You're, they're, 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 Just that song. No, 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 no. I'm <laughs> saying that song. No, I listened to the album. It's very yeah, yeah. so. All right, like music. You can't like it's it's what it, what what people are into. It's it's what every individual like cares about. What they seek in music. Like I I enjoy the the composition. There was a little muted for me. Uh, and I understand, like, it's like soft tones. Maybe I'm extremely ADD, but for me, it's like, I need to hear, like, I need to hear sounds on top of sounds, like mixed gotcha. in interesting gotcha. ways. Like, I want to hear the intricacies of that sort of like the, the mimic- mimicking of like what my like brain is doing like most of the time. Right, so right. for me, it's like that. And then it's like, you know, I, the lyrics are okay, but like I've listened, I've tried for years to get into Father John Missy, and I just can't. And like, yeah, a lot of people maybe, can't. A lot yeah, of people, and yeah. It's, I mean, it, the, like Carrie said, it is a, it, and, but it's it consistently like a top ten music. album for yeah. people. And like, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That's uh, this is the way my brain works. The way I uh, consume music, I just don't get it. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of his. But but I think, and and I actually think the reason I like this album so much is because 
it's flawed and because it makes me angry because I listen to it and I'm like, that's not true. That's not right. Like, that's not a complete, and like, so like, so like in a weird way, like I'm always, I don't put Donald like, Trump in my top 10 album, but like, like it's the same thing. But, but, sort of, but, 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 well, no, it's sort of like, actually here's, here, here's the analogy. It's like the, the suicide squad movie, oh, where, like, yeah. <laughs> which is, which is, yes. which is, which is the fucking movie we deserve as a country and as, and as a species at this point. But the we point is, but every time you watch it, you're like, oh, that's a terrible choice for a director to make. This makes no, like you're sort of watching it and you're thinking like, there's a better version of this movie that could have emerged from this. And every time you watch the flawed version, you can sort of see what might have been and that's kind of and that's sort of like weirdly that's why i like how and it's many the same... times have you watched suicide squad <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I'm i'm more comfortable reporting this as a range so it's the one one to 65 between between three and eight so we got a lot move, move the mic to you so other other side other side i just have, I have a quick question um Given uh, that particular song is more muted than the other ones on the rest of the album, but um, have you listened to the Foxygen album that is, I think, coming up? If not, if you go to the West Elm on 14th Street, they play Follow the Leader every do you, 17 and, and, minutes. And do you mean Foxygen? <laughs> <laughs> and I am actually curious about your answer to this, because when you talk about ADD, that album, to me, epitomizes just... Layer upon layer upon layer upon, and I don't yeah. know if you've listened to it, but so, so I have listened to it. I don't like it as much as the first one, but there's one thing, like one thing that sticks with me in Foxygen, which like has actually changed the whole way I think about this band. Because for me, there's like the recorded music and the live music, and there is one band. There, I'm sure there are a couple of bands, but I went to that rock and roll, first rock and roll hotel show that they played, yeah. where they where they played Tiny Desk concert that day, and it's the only Tiny Desk concert that Bob said was completely <laughs> unacceptable to be used because they didn't know how to perform live. Like it yeah. is like that has shaped the way I feel about Foxygen. I can't like un, I can't unvisualize that after yep. knowing that information. They they've been kicked off of stage before. I mean, they've, they have, <laughs> yeah. they've well literally been asked to leave festivals. Before. Yeah. So. But, the, but, but the anyway, my point was if 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 what you're listening for as a, a, a music listener is something with a lot more going on, yes. I'm just mm. wondering yeah, if that particular more. album there's a lot more going on on that Foxy <laughs> There's a lot more going on. <laughs> all the notes are on that record. <laughs> so and all the arrangements. Move, all moving the on, moving on now to our number six. There's a lot going on here. We talked about this, and and we pointed out when we reviewed, huh? No, no, it's six, man. Oh. It is six. Fact check. No. We're not Ooh. a facts bag based podcast. You can make it whatever number this you is, want. This is like the Scrabble equivalent of challenging a word. Oh, shit. Challenging a number. Paul. You're right. Paul's victorious. I was, to- I was <laughs> told the there'd listeners. be no math. Right, right, right. <laughs> um, uh, number seven. <laughs> Thank you, Paul. You're the numbers guy. This, this is why, this why you've been around so long. Like, uh, and number seven. Is- number seven. Um, this is an album that we, we actually, and, and we said when we reviewed this, uh, that we were worried about the person who made it. Yes. Straight up. And because Absolutely. it's a hard album, it's a brutal album, it's a beautiful album. And and more to that point, it is probably, I think, your favorite album of the year, Paul. So I'll let you tell people about it here. Yeah, well, I think you hit the nail on the head with your short description right there. I mean, this thing just, yeah, it hits you in the gut. 
as soon as you hear it. Um, Julian Baker, Turn Out the Lights. Um, for anybody familiar with her, she's got one other album to her credit, uh, Sprained Ankle, two years ago. Uh, thematically, somewhat similar, but the first album was more of a, your typical restrained singer-songwriter debut. A lot, a lot of great lyricism, but not a ton of uh, extrapolation going on sonically. Here, she signed with Matador, uh, opened up the sound a little bit, but usually when you hear that, uh, you think, oh, well, there's going to be a bunch of orchestration. She's got a lot of great production coming in here. The production just makes it makes her sound even more alone on this album, if anything. Um, mm-hmm. It's like the difference between a concert hall and a cave. Every time the strings or the, or, the, uh, or, or the flutes drop out, you kind of hear the emptiness there. And that's the kind of album that you're you're dealing with um i think it's telling we were talking about this a little bit off mic that she's given interviews where she kind of said that she went through the songs here and felt like she had to struggle to interject elements of hope into the songs and i think she was ultimately successful but it's telling about the kind of album that you're dealing with and the kind of life experiences she's trying to talk about uh that it's a struggle to even talk about hope in there and she's 22 by the way, <laughs> it's, was, uh, this is this is not someone who has been through the ringer forever, but she's seen a lot in uh, in a young life. And I think deals with a lot of issues of uh, faith and losing faith, uh, conflicts with uh, with relationships and substance abuse, working through the album. But uh, by the end, you know, she comes out the other side. She's out there performing the album. So you take that as a win. And the songs are just gorgeous and poignant and well described she takes the the song we're going to use here sour breath is i think endemic of a lot of what of what the best parts of the album are describing a very uh small situation even just a few minutes and letting you see the story of an entire relationship played out within those uh within those beats sour breath uh julian baker hang on to your feels kids Know you do better when you're by yourself Free from the weight of my dirt, poor health I tried to fix all my missing selves Didn't bring it up, cause I've done so well this week And I thought that if I tried a little bit harder You'd change your mind Still got no don't do too well Nobody's worried Nobody's worried about me But I shouldn't have built a house The middle of your chest You're everything I want and I'm all you dread Watch the poison leak from your pores Think all the liquor's gonna keep you warm Burn everything down to prove 
Julian Baker, man, <laughs> still every time I hear that, it's 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 a gut punch, and it is uh, it's gross for us to say like we're worried about it, but like, oh, I may, think- but maybe so. So let me let me recontextualize that and what we said because I listened back to that episode in in prep for this. Uh, what were we talking about in those terms? It it is that how often do any of us say we're worried about le- legitimately worried about someone? And it shouldn't be like that. It's somebody that we don't know that's making an album and stuff. It's just like, but, but somebody put that raw emotion out there. Actually, on this podcast, it has ha- it has happened a number of times. Well, it has, which but, is nice uh, because we're nice people and we care yeah. about artists. Yeah. So it's it's astounding. It's like um, I tried to like contextualize this for somebody who had listened to the podcast uh, today, and I was explaining that if they were fans of like people like Suzanne Vega and stuff like that in the early nineties that there's something similar there. But if you take away like the musicality and you just strip it to like raw vocal power over everything else, then that's what you get. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the thing that makes her stand out as an artist is that you get this, like it, it, you're, you're expecting more, but what you actually get supersedes the more that you were expecting. Yeah. Which is, which is kind of like mind blowing when you actually really put it together. The thing is, it's impossible for us to listen to this as a 22-year-old woman. Um, would Which listen I said to on this. the podcast. You did, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. And I did not listen to the old podcasts. Getting ready for this, sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I did listen to Suzanne Vega's Solitude Standing when that came right. out. And I was yeah. the same mm-hmm. age as her. And I remember exactly how it felt as, oh, my God, somebody feels exactly the way that I do. And even though it was so lamentive and so evocative, it still, it was nice. Like, you felt like somebody cared and somebody understood and somebody was willing to put that out there so if it is a scenario where there's some 22 25 year old some 37 year old person who's listening to this and says somebody knows how i feel so now i'm not quite so alone even though i'm also standing in my own cave and i don't have all these things around me then that's great that she put it out that she did it yeah it's it's lovely um i think that the 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 albums that have come out like this in the last 10 years have been a lot more plaintive and a lot more raw. Right. Solitude Standing, for example, with, with Suzanne Vega is very polished. And the lyrics are raw and the lyrics are evocative of this right. angst. But the entire song production is very late 80s, early yeah, that's 90s. What I was saying, yeah. And it's not like this. Right. We've, we've really moved like two generations to yeah. what this sounds like. Cause it's just so it's so raw it's so stripped 
and then it's like the vocal itself is stripped like there's not any like affectations placed on the vocal and yeah. it should be said huge yeah like this is i mean the people some people joked i think but but it wasn't a joke like made comparisons to like kelly clarkson that vocal's big. Like Miss well, Baker right. is making, pop, yeah. making yeah. pop music, but she's making pop music about real right. things. Right. Like, I mean, the vocal is big, but again, there's none of like the thing with Kelly Clarkson and people like that is that you get all these affectations put, done in post-production. And I'm always a production nerd here. I'm always a production geek, but that those these things matter. So like when you listen to somebody like Kelly Clarkson, it's all this post-production on her voice. Her voice is so sweet. It like literally dances on top of the production. Mm -hmm. Like that's the whole point. And that's what makes like Since You've Been Gone and stuff like that, like iconic pop songs. And it, they're, they're wonderful that way. And, and but this doesn't have that. So no, it's, it's like, it's like, it, it's like a, it's like a concrete sandwich. Like her voice is a weight on top of another weight and their their grit mm. on top of each other and when that and and nine times out of ten when you do that it doesn't work it sounds like trash and you find a lot of like indie artists that try to do that and a lot of their work sounds like trash mm. because of it but when you nail it and you get it right it just strikes the perfect space like right in the core it's human of your music. humanity right it, it's really, it, it's, it is what the point of song right uber is. From my, human from my, music, my point right. of view like it's what the point of song right what's the point of all this is for right and and you can like get it in any style you want but if it it's easier if, if you make it a uh earnest thing but uh it doesn't matter how you get there you get there and she got there right and that's why it's one of the best albums of the year absolutely one of the next best albums of the year, Paul's back up at bat again, and I, I think you, uh, yes, and this one is fucking. I'm glad this made it. Yeah, yeah here you go. Yeah, this is a slightly different vibe than the last album. Uh, <laughs> Vince Staples' Big Fish Theory. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this this album's fantastic. I mean, I think probably everybody listening is at least somewhat familiar with Vince Staples because he's had a really busy last few years. Uh, 2014 put out the Hell Can Wait EP, huge with uh, Summertime 06 in 2015. And then last year, one of my favorite albums of last year was uh, the Prima Donna EP. I think the only thing that kept it from being higher up everybody's list is probably that, you know, it was an EP and not a full album. So it's a little, a little easier to do it there, but that was fantastic. But then he kind of went in a different direction here um, without entirely changing things up. Usually when we talk about uh, folks shifting gears um it it's a total it's a total change here he changed the sonics without really changing his flow or changing his themes um he just decided you know what i'm gonna take and make a house slash detroit techno album and put my same and put my same lyrics and my same stories over the top of it and it worked i mean the the production on this is tight there are a couple of there are a couple of real bangers. There are some real there are some downers too, and there are a lot where you start bobbing your head and going with it, and then you realize he's talking about you know suicide, or he cuts in with an Amy Winehouse interview from back in the day to really uh, to really highlight it. So it's a mixture of you know darkness and light and uh, introspection in the club that uh, you don't see very often, and I think that it uh, that it worked fantastically. And uh, What's the track? for the track, hell, we're going to the Black Panther soundtrack right here. Yes, <laughs> yes. yes. Or at least the trailer. Yes. Uh, what is it? Bag box. Yeah. 
This is for my future baby mama. Hope your skin is black as midnight. I'll take you out there, honey. I can put you in the bins. I can balance out your chakras. Fornication is a sin. We can fuck our night regardless. So I'll father all in heaven as I pray for new McLaren's. Pray the police don't come blow me down. Cause of my complexion, everybody think they know me now. Cause I'm chicken checking. Negro, you are not my homie. How do you think it's different? Boy, you tripping. Cash break and dip the cash game. I flip the stack. Yeah, yeah, stack. Stables uh, bag back correctly used in the Black Panther trailer, which is going to be hopefully the greatest movie of 2018. I mean, come on. It has to be. It has to be. Chadwick Boseman. That right now is uh, we've taken you up to 10 through 6 now. And uh, we can take a little break before we get out of that, uh, out of this right now. I want to talk to you, Mr. Mauricio. Can I interject for half a second? Yeah. Mauricio's like the best photographer taking concert photography in DC right now. Oh boy. Coast oh, God. I, why, why, are you, why are you doing this can thing I right now? Can I understand that the East Coast? Yeah, you can do that. Okay. <laughs> He's also the best dressed person on this podcast. Fuck <laughs> yeah, he is. Uh, Mauricio had a picture in Rolling Stone this year, guys. He got yeah, a picture in Rolling Stone. Yeah, here. Rolling Stone. So, it's it's so whatever. Mauricio. <laughs> <laughs> but but you you Mauricio, <laughs> you, you started doing this what, like a year ago. And it literally was like the way we all operate here is you reach out and you figure out what we're going to do. Yeah. And, and you told me when you came over, you're like, your goal for the year was shooting 930 Club and you knocked it out. It was really good timing. You know, yeah. just like, you know, someone needs photographers and I got I got the opportunity to shoot a festival through another photography yeah. group. And, you know, that was a, I mean, 930 Club life, had always right? been my place or yeah. my goal. For a couple of years and then to like have get that goal like five months six months in i was like shit what do i do now so so what it, but now you've shot 
shit. You should not Dirty Club Anthem. Capital One Arena. Capital One Arena. Arcade like, Fire. Here's Gus. Ed Sheeran in a living room concert. Ed Sheeran in a living room concert. <laughs> um, which is that? That's what gave you Rolling Stone. Yeah. Which not 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 to burst your bubble, buddy. Ed Sheeran got him in Rolling Stone. No, it was a great. <laughs> it was a great fucking photo. It's a great fucking. Don't don't care. <laughs> <laughs> she just gave me a look. Uh, so so care glare. So what, what what we do down here in this basement is talk about music uh, from sort of an abstract, from a, enjoying the music perspective, like spinning on vinyl or whatever we do. You're out there pretty much every night, and and what have you seen this year uh, as far as not even like your best show, but like. What do you see going on out there at Songbird? We're just talking about at Nine Thirty Club. He is everyone over there knows me. Even if I don't have a press pass, uh, Johnny or someone there would be like, "Oh, hey, Mauricio," and they'll just get me in. It's yeah, it's great. That's yeah. fine. I have no problem with that. <laughs> um, those of you with the name of Mauricio, do not try to come to Songbird and pretend you are Mauricio. <laughs> you don't have they know swag, who I am, so you do not have swag. So, 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 I mean, That's what, swag. what? Going from you know you 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 started this year, uh, got in your first pit, yeah. And we've all in this room heard from people be like, "That motherfucker Mauricio knows what the fuck he's doing." I don't know who you're talking to right uh, now. <laughs> people people actually stop me on the streets <laughs> and, and tell me about you. Yeah. So so but what in what is it, what is it about like music that that you see when you're out there with a, I I know I'm a photographer like I I've done your job. Uh, and and what about music do you see when you go out and you get a what do you look for and then what what do you what turns you on in that case but also what uh what are you looking at that like get other people excited about music i mean one of my i've been doing photography for a couple years outside of concerts Mm -hmm. um one of the things i have been trying to work on this year was you know taking better pictures of people I always thought concert photography was a great way to try to like, you can't fake emotion with concerts. Like you have to like, you have to really show your energy. And also coming from a Colombian background, I always look for a lot of like, you know, live energy, dancing, kind of like danceability mm-hmm. to it. Um, the live, the live spear is a whole other beast from what's recorded. I mean, sometimes like an album can get you, but seeing that live is can be a whole other experience like julian baker i covered last year for yeah. for y'all and i was at u-haul and that was the first us. show like y'all us sorry really? i went to virginia tech i all I, y'all i also say all y'all i also say i covered it for all y'all appalachian not appalachian oh shit right. that's right yeah kevin, kevin and i have, have litigated this on air and i think <laughs> appalachian won out i'm so, turning yeah. off your mic go ahead <laughs> go ahead Mauricio. thunderdome <laughs> <laughs> it's there there's just something about about being able to see the person's like the expressions on their face, the way they carry their music. That's just like something else completely. Julian Baker, just seeing like the, the pained expression in her face when Mm -hmm. she sings, you know, you guys just discussed Julian Baker, like it, it seeing it live, it's the same exact way, but then just having the, the visual component is a, is a whole other thing too. Um, And then also on the other end, you have groups like some of my favorites this year have been Bomba Estereo, Mm -hmm. uh, Dengue Fever, uh, Suzanne Sunfair, who's from Norway. And um, they're all just they all show a level of emotion that goes a step beyond what you hear on the album. It's it's something that you need to experience live. I love 
live music. I love seeing someone show their emotion, not just by sound, but by just the way they right. the way they perform. It's the, some of the, my favorite uh, moments this year have been because that's what music was originally. I mean, it was just yeah. about live performance. You got in front of somebody and you performed, and it was just in the 20th century that it was like, hey, here's a way we can record this. Yeah, and uh, that uh, in many ways. Although Andre and I, he's sitting back there, might go see Dark Star Orchestra, a band mm-hmm. that connected the two. Um, <laughs> Chris might go too. I'm, I'm going. Uh, but uh, yeah, and there's, a, there's a tray of edibles in front of us right now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, 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 it's something that got lost. As a that, podcast attorney, I can definitively deny there are no edibles in this house. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for that. I don't know um, what you're it, talking I, about, man. <laughs> But it, yeah, it's 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 something that got lost, and it's and it's honestly something like because we're bringing like Avery Junius on, and and you're helping with that, and getting. I mean, one of the things about me getting you into a pit was because I saw your stuff, and was like, the kid knows he knows the he knows, and you do. I and, think it helps. And you did, and and it was like instant, and but you also know how to spread that love of the thing and that joy of what you're experiencing, that human connection. Uh, that's why I was like, you got to come over to eat because we like hanging out with you. Like, come on, man. Yeah. The podcast is sometimes a, a hard thing to defend myself, especially the very first one I did was Bonnie Vare, <laughs> which I did listen to in full last week. I still listen to that still regularly. Your, still yeah. your jam? Yeah. I, when, you, when you guys are talking about Father John the Misty. Po- the podcast, right? Not the album. Because <laughs> the, the album is garbage. I love, I love hearing my voice. <laughs> yeah! No, no, I have to disagree with you on that. I still think it's interesting because, like, the the things you brought up earlier on Father John Misty on the instrumentation, the lyrics, it's like, well, you guys could be talking about about Bonnie Vare, but everyone here unequivocally trashed Bonnie Vare. So, what's I see no difference here. I, I, which is why you're a photographer. (laughs) Well, you know, yeah, it's so, so we also did the Hamilton mixtape episode together, yes, which was fantastic. And and I remember walking out of here. And I, I think I, I, I might don't have, know how it turned out. It was fantastic and, to do. Uh, but and, and I but, but but I might have said this to you, Kevin, on my way out of here, which about Mauricio. And I was like, that motherfucker never starts a sentence without knowing exactly how it's going to end. Yeah. Which is which sounds like a basic life Ooh. skill, but most of us don't. You have don't that. know what's going like, on in my head. I'm just like, how am I going to end this? No, but, 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 but actually, but actually, Eduardo, to illuminate a little bit of that, that's how a photographer thinks. Because you have to, you know, and you know this. Bruce you need said, to position. You need to know you, the positions you're you, going to have. You have like, an idea aim. of what's going to happen. Yeah. And you have three options, and then you have yeah. to you have to be able get ready for all three. You have in in the world of photography, you have to know like when the big chorus is about to happen, so you can get the right moment. You know when, sure. like mm-hmm. for example, at the drive-in, when the singer's going to jump off the drum kit. Like at what point in the song do you think that yep. would happen most likely? At a show, you look at the lights. Where can you get a good silhouette? So it's always like. There's always in that sphere. There's always uh, something you're looking out for actively, not just like shooting randomly, but trying to be purposeful. But like you, you were down on the floor today shooting our cat, <laughs> which you haven't shown Daria. But it was it's amazing, and this is again, this is why I'm glad you're part of our team. This is why I'm glad to know you as a person, and that's why I'm embarrassing you right now uh, for saying. It. I mean, you, but the work you are doing and Matt are doing is is. Way more vital than what we actually do, because people sometimes listen to us, but they always look at your pictures, and they always care about what's going on out in the world because that's where the real point of human connection is. And uh, so we just want to embarrass you to say thank you for that. 
Yeah, bro. Oh, boy. I'll just say for anybody that listens to the podcast that doesn't actually go to the website, you're really missing out. Yes, you because are. Because the website used to be the gist of it, where we all used to actually write in coherent sentences, and <laughs> we would say pithy th- <laughs> Wow, Lady chimes in with a, eh. <laughs> Her one comment in... Seventh time Daria's been on the podcast. <laughs> I can't say I disagree, but uh, there we we used to do a lot of writing, and there were like you know some some decent things, but we also had a lot of really great photography. Kevin mm-hmm. was one of the original photographers. We had a couple of photographers on there. Mauricio has joined in, and I will say that as somebody who's been watching it uh, evolve over the years, Mauricio's photos are so fantastic. Not saying that any of the other photographers weren't, because everybody's yeah. really busy now. Mauricio's the the heavy lift with with Matt. Their photos really bring out a lot of that live vibe that you just you miss if you are listening to something mm-hmm. recorded. Sometimes it comes across, sometimes it doesn't. When you actually see an amazingly captured, well scripted photograph of a show, it can really uh, can really bring it home. So if you're only listening to our brilliant takes on things, you're missing out on a on a whole other level of music appreciation. Yep, yep. So and my okay takes. Of, of a show. I, I, like, I like my photos He's better than my words. Takes. <laughs> Nobody read your words, bro. Yeah. It's okay. I barely read it's my okay. words. You know what? It, it, it's 2017. Words. Whatever. Words. <laughs> Nobody cares about words. Yeah, so. uh, that's it for part one of the best of 2017. Uh, we'll be back. Uh, in fact, immediately. Both of them are going to go up at once. So, uh, but uh, This is just an edifice. Huh? This is just artifice. You're like Netflix in this? It is artifice. It is people, artifice. People, people can binge we're, on we're this just, if they want to. We're taking a break. So, Jody, need more scotch? Okay. <laughs> we're, we're taking a break so, so, so Joe can get more scotch. We need to hydrate. And, and Everybody Mauricio needs to hydrate. Out. I got to cover a concert. And then we're going to come back. Uh, and when you put on part two, it's going to be uh, albums five through one. And, uh, all right. Same for you. And Mauricio. Oh, <laughs> 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 <laughs>